Hi, and welcome to our show, Forever Paranormal, with your host, Dr. Bill and Ed, where we will discuss such things as cryptids, UFOs, hauntings, angels, unsolved mysteries, government conspiracies and cover-ups, witchcraft, the metaphysical, and more, as well as stories sent in by you, our listeners. If we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. And you may be surprised by what all is connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Just reach out. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hi, Deb. Hi. How's my exhilarating and beautiful co-host doing this week? All right. You're so charming. Thank you. Well, folks, this week's spooky episode focuses on a controversial item called by many names, including the witch board, talking board, and the spirit board. But it is probably best known by the name Ouija board. It is said that you can use it for past present, and future, but does it really have a paranormal or occult connection and powers? The Ouija board has become a pop culture icon and success for over 12 decades, and has had countless movies and stories revolving around it. It started innocent enough, but now is considered by many a thing of the devil or and a direct link to hell. Many supporters of the board say it is nothing but a game with no connection to the supernatural, but others claim different, including the Catholic Church. Pope Pius X warned against parlor games that dabble in the occult, and one of the Catholic websites states, The Ouija board is far from harmless, as it is a form of divination, seeking information from supernatural sources. The fact of the matter is, the Ouija board really does work, and the only spirits that will be connected to it are evil ones. Well, that's a pretty bold statement that the Catholic Church is making right there. But uh, we'll we'll get onto that a little bit later. So, for the clueless among us, will you explain divination? Sure. Divination is... um, an act of fortune-telling or trying to foresee the future or, or of knowing things that's through occult activities or some kind of fortune-telling like tarot cards or something like that. It's a supernatural form of learning the future. Then you have the school of thought from the academics that the board works from your unconscious brain playing tricks on you by using idiomotor actions. What is idiomotor actions? Idiomotor actions are uh, said to be unconscious and voluntarily motor movements that are performed by a person because of prior experiences or suggestions and preconceptions. In other words, your brain may unconsciously create images and memories. And then you, when you ask the board questions, your body responds, your brain, without you consciously telling it to do so causing the muscles in your hands and arms to move the pointer, the answer that you want, again, unconsciously. 
and it, uh, you just get what you may want to receive that way. Okay, but let's wait a minute here. Isn't it said that our subconscious side of the brain is what ties into universal consciousness and the paranormal? Maybe I guess science is unwittingly proving it works. Is the idiomotor effect nothing more than the subconscious mind communicating through the conscious mind what it knows? There have been some academic studies proving that the use of answering questions with the Ouija board is more accurate than answering them without it. I don't understand. If one is aware, awake, not inebriated, how can we not be conscious of our actions? I guess the idiomotor effect ties into something similar to the unconscious side of our brain that keeps our heart pumping, keeps us breathing. We don't think about it. It's just an autonomous action, automatic action coming from our brain. And uh, idiomotor effect works almost the same way, where we're not thinking of the answer, but our subconscious has given us that answer. But when we write with a pencil, for example, we think about that action. Moving that board would be thinking. We'd have to think about that action, in my opinion. I, I understand that, and you may be right, but think about automatic writing when it comes to doing psychic work, so on and so forth. Your hand's just moving, and you're connected with the universal consciousness and you're coming up with words or drawings or whatever. And it's my belief that that's the same way idiomotor effect works, that you're actually connecting with the universe. You're connecting with the things you need to connect with. So where and how did this form of divination get its start? Well, this is almost as mysterious as the board itself. Spiritualism was huge around the 19th century, around the whole world, and communicating with the dead in seances and things of that nature didn't appear to go against Christian dogma for some reason, and the Ouija board even outsold Monopoly board in 1967 during the Vietnam War, with so many people desperately searching for loved ones that left for war and never returned. And small point of fact, that's the only time any board game has ever outsold Monopoly. It's still to this day the outselling board game. All we really know is this board was created by the surge in spiritualism in the 19th century. Somewhere around 1886, the Associated Press, which at that time was a small fledgling news agency, reported on a new phenomenon sweeping through the spiritualist camps in Ohio. A talking board consisting of letters and numbers and using a planchette-like device to spell out words. But during this period of time, communication with the dead was a long and drawn-out and sometimes a boring process by asking questions and waiting on knocks for yes or no and trying to figure out the names and words by counting the number of knocks and trying to tie it to letters in the alphabet. They needed something better and faster. I mean, after all, the telegraph allowed people to communicate quickly over long distances. How could it be made easier for ghosts and spirits to communicate? Oh yeah, let's create the talking board. But wait, there's more. After the AP article came out, a man in Chestertown, Maryland, 
by the name of Charles Kennard claimed he invented the board, even though at this time it didn't have a name. Kennard approached his neighbor, E.C. Reich, who was a cabinet and coffin maker, to make a few boards for him. He made the boards, but later claimed it was he who came up with the idea and Kennard stole it from him. That was never proven, and Kennard is the one that made it into a business. So the controversy around the board starts at the beginning, apparently. I don't understand why they didn't use the board to settle it. And who <laughs> created it? Anyhow, the board became very popular in Chestertown's spiritualist crowd, and eventually Kennard meets a lawyer named Elijah Bond. Bond claimed that his sister-in-law, Helen Peters, was a very strong medium, so they took the board to her for a seance in April of 1890 and asked the board what it wanted to be called. It is said the board spelled out O-U-I-J-A, and then they asked the board what it meant, and it spelled out G-O-O-D-L-U-C-K for good luck. There is an urban legend out there that the name of the board is We for Yes in French and Ya for Yes in German, but that's not the case according to the family history. Then, on February 10, 1891, Bond applied for and received a patent on the Ouija board. Now, you have to remember that in order to receive a U.S. patent, you have to prove the invention actually works. Here is the story as it was passed down from Helen Peters' grandson. Bond and Peters went to the patent office in Washington, D.C. They show it to the first clerk who says, I don't want to be the laughing stock, so he gets the chief clerk, who says, if that contraption can spell out my name, then you've got your patent. Peters takes out the Ouija board, and it spells his name. The chief clerk, who was visibly shaken, says, okay, You've got your patent. But the patent doesn't describe how it works. That still remains a mystery to this day. Wait, if he was a lawyer, wouldn't he have known the clerk's names at the office, the patent office? Oh, Bond? Yeah, you know, you may be right, and that's a possibility. And I'm sure that at that time they didn't have a bunch of different clerks in the patent office only Mm -hmm. had a few and it it is completely possible that he knew the names so it wasn't maybe unconscious like it's supposed to be I don't know you may be right that's something to think (laughs) about okay okay so now we know the basic origins of the board and some possible explanations of how it works when he got his patent Now let's look at when and how the board became associated with nothing but pure evil. So much so that it even has its own demon named after it. A name you're never supposed to say. Zozo. Zozo the demon. But how Zozo became is a tale for another time. Why are you saying it? Zozo. (laughs) It's fun to say. (laughs) From what I can find, Even though people committed various crimes of murder in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s because they were told to do so by the board, it was still considered mysterious, interesting, and non-threatening. The full-on evil connection appears to have started with the movie The Exorcist. 
You know the one I'm talking about. Supposedly based on a true story of a 12-year-old girl whose head spins around, puke screen soup, and floats in the air. <laughs> well, according to the story, this all came about when a young girl played with the board by herself, opened the doorway, and, and got possessed by a demon. That's one of the rules of the Ouija. Don't play by yourself. The movie alone is responsible for the huge shift in pop culture. Almost overnight, the Ouija board became a tool of the devil and, for that reason, a useful tool for horror movie writers and movie makers. It began popping up in movies and shows, usually opening the door for evil spirits who were hell-bent on ripping apart co-eds. In the following years, the Ouija board was denounced by religious groups as Satan's preferred method of communication. In 2001, in Alamogordo, New Mexico, it was being burned on bonfires along with copies of Harry Potter and Disney Snow White. Christian religious groups still remain wary of the board, citing scripture denouncing communication with spirits through mediums. As stated earlier, Catholic.com calls the Ouija board far from harmless, and as recently as 2011, 700 Club host Pat Robertson declared that demons can reach us through the board. I'm confused by the Christian thing here because when they <laughs> pray to God, <laughs> that's kind of what they're doing. It isn't isn't the Holy Spirit a yeah. spirit? <laughs> Yeah, so you're going to pray through the Holy Spirit to talk to God, right? So you're using a medium? Okay. All right. Even now, within the paranormal community, Ouija boards have varied beliefs. With a dodgy reputation, the popularity of the boards seem to keep growing as cells have not dwindled. You can get everything from underwear, belt buckles, drink coasters, and quilts, to name a few, that have a depiction of the Ouija board on it. However, it appears their popularity is now based on the spooky side of things more than the mystical and spiritual. You know, we, we have the so-called rules of the Ouija board, so on and so forth, and a lot of these things come from the Internet and TikTok and people that really don't know. And it seems to be human nature that if you don't know, you make it up. So... So that's where the rules came from? I believe that's where some of the rules came from. Some, <laughs> I think, came with the game when it started. But, you know, originally when it started, it was designed during the Victorian era, right? It was when it came out. Mm -hmm. And it was actually designed for a man and woman to use. Mm -hmm. Right? So you sat close to each other, across from each other, and you put it on your knees, that gave men and women an opportunity to touch their knees, get their hands together at a time where you weren't supposed to be alone with a man if you're a woman. Oh. So that's a little interesting fact about the board. Oh, you're full of fun facts. The spirit board always seems to surge when people are in need during troubling times. And I think it is awesome that they are still popular. But with the internet and TikTok, like I said, everyone is becoming an expert on things that they know nothing about, providing too much bogus information. Don't be afraid to, to use it in divination as a true tool and a true mystical and spiritual fashion. Could you explain what you mean by that? 
the Ouija board is not demons, it's not evil. It's a form of divination like a set of tarot cards or scrying into a mirror or a bowl of water. And these things go back eons. Mm -hmm. Even when I went through becoming a Knights Templar, part of what we did was scrying in a room of reflection. But a lot of people don't know what, what was being done then. It was a form of divination. And, uh, you know, Ouija board's not much different than that. Well, Deb, what do you think? You partook in a Ouija board session with me on one occasion before. You ready to do it again? No, not really. Why not? Well, it wasn't a very good experience because I don't remember what happened, but I had my eyes closed, my hands on the planchet, and... I don't remember what it was, but it made me suddenly let go of that thing. And you got mad, and that was the end of that. Yeah, you were holding the planchet and supposed to be holding something in place. Mm -hmm. And if you remember correctly, when, when that happened, the planchet went flying across the room. Mm -hmm. You know, and that wasn't me, because I wasn't even touching it. <laughs> but... uh yeah, I think we need to try it again so we can yeah, get things wait. straight with it, with whatever happened that time. But we, we did get the house cleared out after that. I am curious, though, if you don't mind, do you think people are able to use the board as a defense for crimes or some sort of bad deeds and actually get away with it? No, they, they've tried over the years. There's been quite a few cases where uh, people have done heinous crimes and murder and so on and so forth and said the board told them to do it or they were, you know, the demons in the board told them to do it. And I looked at and read over about 20 different cases. And out of that, only one, in one case, was a woman that committed murder actually ever acquitted by the jury for what the board told her to do. And if I remember correctly, there were some other circumstances around the whole thing. And um, it, it's back in a time where spousal abuse wasn't talked about a whole lot, but I believe there was a lot of basis from that. So it's possible it was more about something else, but that happened to be part of it. Yeah, that happened to be part of it. She went to the board to look for help. Yeah. So, well, folks, thanks for listening. And until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode, and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com. And if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash forever paranormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode.